0: Hey, welcome everybody to podcast number 81, uh, presented by 5 Pin Universe. I'm your host, Kerry Kreitz. We have the two Wiseman twins, Tim and Dexter. Once again, if you didn't know they're twins, now is your lucky day. Now you know. Um, unfortunately, our uh, co-host, Daryl Bradley, the interviewer, the commentator, the extraordinaire, um, can't be with us today. He is taking some much-needed time off with the family. Um, but we hope we can hold the reins in here and have a great show for everybody. Um, as we have one of the probably one of the most decorated people in our sport as our guest today. So
1: I think we're doing an okay job so far. We got started right at seven o'clock, Tom. Tom <laughs> Patterson, right at seven. Good to go. I think we're doing all right.
2: <laughs>
0: we're we're nailing got, we'll, it.
2: we'll wait a couple weeks until you know when it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Then we'll try and be late yeah um so of course we want to uh thank all our patrons that subscribe to us on patreon.com slash five pin universe um a great thing happened today we were able to switch to canadian funds so um everybody that is a patron you can go sign back into your account and change it over to canadian funds as well and uh, you won't get those extra fees and those little extra bit of taxes taken off your subscription Um, So we're just going to put up the patrons up on the screen here. You can read through who all supports us and then uh, we'll move into our weekly advertiser of the week. Um, Once again, all-star bowling sales sponsoring us for another week and uh, keeping us going. So let's put the patrons up on the screen here. Um, Once again, Tim Wiseman is on the list for the people that were wondering why he wasn't a, a subscriber to his own show, but, I'm we're surprised you didn't cancel that. Honestly,
2: we're we're still waiting for Daryl Bradley.
0: Well, his company helps us in other ways, so still waiting on we'll, that. Yeah. We'll give him a break. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll roll All Stars commercial here, and then we'll bring in our special guest. All right. So a man that probably doesn't need too much introduction for um, all the bowlers across the country um, has bowled in four separate zones, and I think he's represented Alberta in those four zones at nationals as well. Um, Pretty crazy stat. Mr. Tom Stevenson.
2: Hello, Tom. How's it going, Tom?
0: Very good, you guys.
1: Very excited to have you on here. And I'm sure there's a lot of viewers out there that are very excited to hear your stories today too.
3: I just wanted to uh, thank you for the picture uh, that was put on Facebook uh, even though I am not on Facebook I want to thank you uh, for that that uh, makes me really look like I know what I'm doing Tom
1: honestly that was the best picture we could find of
3: you <laughs> you should, see, you should yeah. see
1: the other ones
3: <laughs> well I <clears throat> I appreciate it again somehow
0: of course we try our best here Tom <laughs> <laughs> so, um Tom, we'll kind of get you s- started with rock and roll in here. um how'd you get into bowling five pin bowling to be specific
3: Well, I'll tell you my, my <clears throat> when I lived in Grand Prairie, which is again one of the zones that I have not participated in, but uh my mom was a was a bowler, and so was my dad uh, a bowler and uh they got me when I was about, say about grade seven. <clears throat> they got My mom was, mom was bowling and she got me involved in it. And I got into the YBC program there and uh, really liked it. Again, it was one of those sports where uh, if I got success, it was because of me and I didn't need to rely on anybody else. And, uh, and vice versa, I didn't want anybody else to have to rely on me uh, to help them. It was just a, Uh, um a great game i i took uh, i took into it really quickly and it was uh i i am a competitor at heart and uh i thought it was a i thought it was a lot of fun and again it was it was me against the world type of thing
0: Uh, that's that's very cool
2: right so so tom uh, i know when you sent me your bio you took some time off um, you, you you started in the mid late 60s, right, in YBC, and you really didn't become competitive again until uh, early 80s, like, believe, 81 you mentioned, right? So um, there was a gap in there um, that I guess a lot of people don't know, um, but you went and you got a college scholarship down in the States, right? Um, you actually that, got a college scholarship for football.
3: Uh, that's correct. Uh, I was – uh, again i was into was into bowling and and five pin especially and then uh i was fortunate enough to to get a scholarship down in north dakota at valley city state college and uh uh that's where i really got into football and uh and and baseball i was really fortunate enough to to get a dual scholarship down at that college and uh i focused a, a ton on on that um uh, but the unfortunate thing was uh it was just five, it was just ten pin down there. There was no five pin, so it was it was kind of disappointing. So I, it was just one of those things, and I got caught up in uh, in the football and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and and in the baseball.
1: It, it's funny how you you speak of five pin bowling as something that's so individualistic and and you only rely on yourself for the most part, and uh, and then you go down to the states for a scholarship on two sports that are highly team team oriented right uh it's it's kind of neat hearing that juxtaposition between the two
3: well it was uh like i said i was <clears throat> i was quite a competitor as as you guys do know and and mm-hmm. i was like i said fortunate enough to to get that scholarship down there and well i'll tell you this much uh if you weren't good and i think that's uh, really helped me out a lot uh or has helped me out a lot uh in in both the, um, The bowling and and, you know in in the golf that I do too but uh -hmm. it was uh you were you were either good or you got to sit the bench there was no okay everybody you had your turn now the rest of the guys go in there so I learned a lot about winning down there you were you were either good and you got to play or or you weren't and you got to watch
2: Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of people don't know that Tom is actually uh what you were drafted second round in 1980 right by the Argonauts correct
3: yeah, that was uh, it was funny because we went I had a bunch of my uh, friends and we were going to Hawaii and uh, the one of the guys from Toronto had said uh, had called me just before we were leaving the next day and asked me what I was doing and I said I was on my way to Hawaii and he said okay well we'll talk to you when you get back and when I was down there uh, my dad who worked for uh, Alberta Government telephones texted me of course or I mean te- telexed me as that's really not something <laughs> that anybody really knows about anymore. But, nope. uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, a sent, a, sent, a tel- <laughs> sent a telex down to <laughs> me uh, at 3.30 uh, in the morning because he didn't understand the time zone difference and, uh, and said I'd been drafted second round, uh, 14th overall. So we partied at 3.30 in the morning. Yeah, no doubt. That is
0: pretty cool. Yeah. That is a great story. That's, that's pretty neat. Uh,
3: Out of all
1: those sports that you were obviously very good at that being you are a golf pro as well. Correct.
3: Yes, that's correct.
1: So uh, between, between golf and football and baseball, um, if you had to choose between one of those three, that wasn't bowling, obviously. What what would you what would you choose as your favorite?
3: I think probably, and just for I think obvious reasons for longevity, probably golf. Because uh, there's there's one there's one whack you know to the body and in, in in any of those sports or a miscalculation in another, and and your your career is over. So,
2: yeah, yeah, no, I. I've I've seen you hobble around as long as I've known you around in a bowling alley. So, uh, yeah, I mean Freddie Couples is, is hobble around a golf course. So I mean I can see your point, right? So, I can I can well, see your point. With
3: that. He uh, he he looks he, um, better. Yeah, he doesn't. He just <laughs> a lot <laughs> richer and uh, and he like he doesn't have three or four pharmaceutical companies uh, bidding for my body either. So.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so so Tom when you came uh, obviously football wasn't your thing uh, or or you didn't I guess you didn't move on into football, right? Uh after the draft. Um and you came back into bowling. So what made you get back into bowling?
3: You know, I it just was um you know it was a again was a was a thing that everybody was talking about and uh and at that time i uh, uh had met a couple of uh friends that were into bowling and and i just i uh, i i really really liked the idea of of competing uh you know against myself and uh again like i said the the football was gone and and you know i was i was i was quite disheartened about it but you know uh Things go on, and and you learn from it.
1: Mm. Yeah. once that kind of goes away, you need to find that outlet again, too, right? Uh, a competitive person needs to be competitive.
3: Well, I, and you know what? I mean, um, not too many people uh, probably realize how much how much bowling and practice I did uh, when I moved out of Medicine Hat and went to uh, Laduke. I mean, I would. I lost a lot of friends uh, bowling uh, after, you know, by practicing and every guys would say, well, let's go here. And I would, you eh, know, I'm just going to go and practice. Uh, and so, uh, and I didn't see that. The sad thing is I didn't see any kind of um, results right away when that happened uh, with, you know, with, with pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing as, as I got to be, about 40, which seems like a hundred years ago, uh, it, uh, it started to catch up and I started to play quite well. And I started to, and to be successful.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's what a a lot of people don't realize, especially with five pin bowling. Um, there's a lot of early success kind of when you're fresh out of YBC and then you kind of almost go into a lull and then, um, when guys are in their late thirties and stuff like that's when you really start seeing some great play again. And I don't know if that has something to do with, uh, life gets in the way or if that's just, uh, how the body reacts. I'm not too sure. So
1: you're saying there's still hope for you. I... Oh, I'm over.
3: <laughs> oh God. He's, he's, he's done. He's done. <laughs> no, you know what? It's, uh, like I said, it's, uh, we see some of these kids come out of YBC uh, and they're very good. And there's, there's a handful and there's good. And uh, the people that have come out of Edmonton in the last couple of years is uh, for the young boys and the girls has been phenomenal. Um, And like you said, life does get in the way you get married. uh, Maybe you have some kids. Um, I know uh, again, I'll, I'll name drop here a little bit. Uh, Um, my wife's, uh, daughter, Morgan, uh, Boswell, uh, came out, was very, very good. And, and now, uh, she has two kids, uh, does a phenomenal job with her two kids. I know that she would love to be throwing balls, uh, I would like to say with me and, you know, whoever in practice, but life gets in the way. And, and, and once the kids grow up and everything, she'll be a force to be reckoned with, but yeah, life does get in the way. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. There's, there's definitely more of a priority, right, with certain things. Um, and Morgan's one of them. I mean, obviously, I remember when Morgan first came on as an adult and she was making the Regina cut and whatnot, and then all of a sudden, uh, just life just changed. I mean, she moved up to Fort St. John, and she, um, she got married, and she has kids, and life changes, right? So I mean, now she's into, um, into her... Workout, yeah. Workout routines and stuff like that. And she does very well at that. And it'll come back at some other time. Right. So,
3: okay. it, well, was,
2: full circle, I, right.
3: Well, I I agree a hundred percent. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. And you know, like I said, um, I haven't had any, uh, uh, I haven't had any children in, in my life, unfortunately. And, but, uh, I would give any of those, uh, championships, uh, back for a, uh, you know, to be a father type of thing. But uh, the ones I have been involved with, with uh, with Debbie and everything, uh, have helped me be a type of a father figure. But uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 like you said, it's life. Um,
1: it it kind of coincides with some stuff that we'll go through later on. Um, but I, I feel like coaching kind of, allows you to have that sort of um, that sort of outlet too, as maybe not so much as a father figure, but as an authority figure and, and someone that, like, you know, a little bit of a father figure in the bowling sort of world. And um, I think you were certainly that for Tim and I, um, you definitely disciplined when you needed to. And, uh, <laughs> but you definitely put us on the right direction. And uh, <laughs> I mean, uh yeah, you you were probably the closest thing to a, a bowling dad that we had when we were growing up, and uh, we've been always incredibly grateful for it. So,
2: yeah.
3: Well, I, yeah. you know, like I said, I've uh, I, I've been very fortunate enough to to you know coach you guys. So if I could have just got Tim to wear his glasses when he was bowling, that would have been the uh, the ultimate.
1: Or to get him to not slide into the
3: gutter.
2: Yeah, this is not about me here, guys. This is not about me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no and it, you know, and, it, and it definitely wasn't about you then either so <laughs> uh i know
2: we we sort of touched base on that you were uh four different zones uh you represented and four different uh, times you were provincial champions with that um that's i don't think anybody else in the province was like that that's kind of cool um what uh any any specific teams you want to? Uh, kind of bring about I know like uh, went through your stats nine-time provincial champ five-time national champ that's that's quite this uh, kind of track record for um, you know like for like at the open kind of um, do you have any like special teams you want to bring
3: up or uh, or anything like that you, you know um, uh, the, the the first one that you always win with is is something that you go back to and the guys that I, <clears throat> excuse me, the guys that I won with in, um, uh, in Medicine Hat when I was on the South team, that was in, uh, 85, yeah. uh, I was with, uh, I was very, very lucky to win with, uh, Roy Cunningham, uh, mm-hmm. who is, is definitely an icon in the game. And, uh, I got, to, I got to, I got to meet him and, and play with him and, uh, what a great fellow he was, um, uh. Very, very lucky to bowl with probably the best bowler that's ever, as far as I'm concerned, the best bowler that's ever bowled in this sport, and that was Bruce Mortar out of Edmonton. Um, you know, he, he was you, – you just don't know how much of a funny card he was. Uh, people, people, you know, he had a serious – very, very serious when he was on the lanes, but the guy was a practical joker. And then, of course, uh, Mr. Lynn Howell. Uh, Again, from Edmonton Um, and, uh, you know, uh, just just bowling with with these guys. And I had a ton of fun with with Rich Weber uh, in Calgary here. Um, Again, if you did anything silly, he would just absolutely cut you to pieces. And it was it was great because it was a a team that I bowled on that was, uh, you know, just a ton of fun.
1: I uh, I think that's one of the most important things. I always believe that you know if you have the right people in place and you guys gonna have a good time while bowling, uh, that just makes the bowling so much easier. Honestly, uh, yeah, if you can, it, it does cut that tension just a little. And and Bruce was always one of the absolute best at it. Just even in the pit, you know, if it gets start things start getting serious, he always finds a way of, you know, making you laugh and move on. And yeah, some of the best teammates well, you could ever ask for. It.
3: Well, the story comes out is uh, you know when we were that that one picture that you showed of uh, me on the Edmonton team. Uh, there was an, a gentleman on the team, and he is he, he passed now, and unfortunately, uh, Brad Anderson, uh, who was was on the team, and uh, what a <laughs> what a great guy. And I remember yeah. uh, him uh, at the nationals uh, starting with a with a seven bagger, and I mean, is anybody that ever watched him? Boy, he has that little hook ball and. God, he threw the, the eighth ball and we thought it was going in the ditch. And uh, <laughs> and it and it picked it had picked the two pin and and Bruce as when Brad was coming back, Bruce said, Why would you do that? And so he and we just roared. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it was it, you know, that's the kind of guy Bruce was. But boy, oh boy, yeah. I'll tell you, if there was if there was a guy you wanted to uh, to perform, uh, I'd like to say I held a candle to him, but uh, man the guy was phenomenal yeah
2: he just he just had to put his shoes on in the pit and people were scared of him right and just uh there's just his aura with that right so
3: well i asked him one time i said to him he was one chinook when he won three thousand out of three thousand and four you know tournaments there and i asked him i said what's the secret bruce and he uh he he said to me he said you know holy cow, he said, uh, some of these guys, you know, he said, I'll get up there and I'll you know, maybe get a, two good shots from the beginning, and they just throw an absolute dumper, and it, you know, cracks right on the beak and it gets a strike. And he said, I've heard people say, oh, he's, he's on a roll again, when if they would have realized when they're bowling, I me, I, I threw one out of three good balls. And so he said, but when you win a lot of tournaments and, you're, and you, you get a little bit of a rep, it helps a ton. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Just like uh, Mr. Kreitz uh, can can throw fourteen million, like I said, he, he averaged two twelve, and then he comes against me and averages four twelve. So, thank you, Mr. Kreitz.
0: <laughs> I was always told you bowl, you have to bowl good against the best players. Again, thank <laughs> you, sir. <laughs> 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 Um, Tom, so you've competed on CBCs and TSN. Um, obviously, you played on the WCBT a little bit here um, the last little while. Um, and you've been fortunate enough to win the KG Open and the Autumn Open. Um, do you have any memories of your best singles matches, if it was at nationals
3: or at one of these events or on television? You know, the the, the one that, that I go back... You know, you always... I think that you always look at um, the the one that maybe is recognizable more than anything. And that was the one I, when I won my very first masters uh, against uh, Rob McGregor in, in Hamilton. Uh, I had, I had beat him four times um, in, in, in the round Robin. And when we met in the final uh, I was sitting with, Lynn was Lynn Howell was in the, in the pits with me. And he asked me, he says, well, so what do you think? And I said, well, I'll win the first one, and then he's going to win the second one, and then I should win the third one. And if it doesn't come down to, you know, uh, one of those uh, those shots in the seventh frame where he punches, and uh, I need to spare a left 3-2 in the tenth frame. And it looks like it, I, I throw it perfectly, but, man, I, I thought to myself, if there's if, if I go back to Medicine Hat where I was from at the time, and I lose this tournament. It's because I punched that three pin out, not because. And it looks really, really good. And I got kind of cocky on the third on the last ball and thought, well, I'll just I'll just go ahead and show everybody, uh, you know, a strike. And I missed the middle by a country mile again. But the, the tournament was over. So uh, I really and I got to see Rob McGregor about two years ago at the nationals in Ontario when I was coaching, and it was we just we sat down and talked for. Probably two hours. It was great.
1: is that one of the greatest things about this game, though? It's just those connections about around the country that, you know, you may not see somebody for 20 years, but when you do, just like old friends, sit down and have a great long <laughs> chat like it was nothing, right?
3: The sad thing is if I could just remember who these people were. <laughs> <laughs> But, but, but yes to that, to that, to that question, sir.
2: <laughs> Tom's getting a lot of love right now. Yeah. For sure.
1: yeah. Yeah. I got that's, nothing. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Tom was a mentor to a lot of people. That's, uh, yeah. that's no question.
0: For sure. So, Tom, um, Obviously as a person living in Alberta and Canada during this time and age, um, how has COVID affected you in your life?
3: You know, I'm uh, a, as, as probably Tim and Dexter can, can vouch for this, uh, I, I have no problem. And even, well, Mark Miller, uh, who's is, is turned into be a, a very good friend of mine, um, can attest to this. I love the practice. Uh, and this has taken a part of my life away from me and um, you know I, I, I would try th- I mean Dexter and Tim both know that uh, you know if it doesn't work let's try to fix it and unfortunately because of age and, and style and everything and and the game is changing quite a bit uh, I, I would love to have been out uh, you know getting out there and, and trying some new things to finally say to myself I'm either not good enough or yeah, maybe I got a chance again still.
1: Well, you've persevered through a lot of personal injuries and, you know, some health problems and (laughs) and whatnot. And, uh, and a couple of, you know, lost contacts and some eye surgeries. Um, (laughs) you're basically a brand new person, but you're definitely a person that's never given up. Um, how, how are the (laughs) and stuff treating you these days? And, uh, before COVID shut us all down, did you, did you feel like you were making progress back on that front or how are you feeling these days physically?
3: You know what I, I, like I said, I work in this, in this, uh, big, huge warehouse and my feet hurt like crazy because of, because of the cement floor that we're on. But, but other than that, no, uh, the knee is that I got replaced, uh, <laughs> is, is good. And, uh, the The ribs that uh, people, I'm sure, know uh, the crash at Mr. Lynn Howell's house, backwards down the stairs, uh, they have healed. Uh, both cornea transplants uh, are are good now. Uh, God, I, I don't have very many. Uh, I don't have very many um, parts left, so I, I can't get injured anymore.
0: I uh, <laughs> there's got to be a story time here for us. We'll, and maybe we'll uh, share all our stories <laughs> of you, Tom. But uh, I remember rolling up to a master's tournament, and I'm not sure which one it was. But you're here in the bathroom over the sink, trying to put contacts into your eye, and I think you lose one of them down the sink. That was Sherwood Park. Sherwood Park yeah. did, did he not win that
3: tournament? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he absolutely did. So so I so I, I, I win two hundred dollars, but I but I lose four hundred. So I'm not sure that was a bonus on that weekend. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you know what? Sure Park taketh, and then it, it, you know, down down the road, and he falls down the stairs at Lynn Howell's house, right? So, for the TPC, so I guess it kind of evens itself out.
3: Uh, yeah, it was uh, that that was uh it was uh, that was quite a thing, and I had bowled so well the last three games to make the cut, and I was quite happy, and I was all pumped and everything, and uh, and then all of a sudden, crash. <laughs>
0: Oh man! Um, so my my first introduction to you, Tom, was um, I didn't know know you for coaching in YBC or anything like that. But I think I was sixteen or seventeen, and Gino and um, I think it was Gigliuk pulled me to go play at the Claiborne tournament. It was an eight gamer. When you were managing the center, was that correct?
3: That's correct. Yes.
0: Yeah. That was, a, that was a good tournament. Uh, I didn't play very well from what I remember, but uh, I, that was my first introduction to you, and you, uh, you treated us with uh, obviously open arms to come play in your center. And I'm not too sure if you, if you played in that tournament or not. I don't have too many memories from back then, but um, yeah, first, first thoughts running into you. You're a great guy. So um, obviously that is compounded by the years of great play um, and getting to compete against you for many years.
3: Well, I'll tell you, uh, I never seen a guy so gumby like like you were, and I told everybody, please, please, please don't try to uh, try to throw your ball that way because you're going to dislocate your your arm. But uh, it's worked for you, and uh, you know what, uh, you're uh, have uh, have definitely a great tracker track record, uh, Kerry, uh, and um, all the power to you in the next couple of years. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I, th- I think Tom was
1: our introduction to a lot of the, a lot of the bowlers. I remember when Tom took us out to the Duke there, and
2: uh, I can't remember what what tournament was going on. Tim, you have a better memory for
1: these things than I do. But- it was
2: uh, it was the Masters, I believe, and we went and watched, and that's when we met Jackson and Bruce and Diane, and I think uh, we we drew the 50-50. Treaty Metcalf was there that we had draw the 50-50 out there. Um, I think that was in 99, I think it was, or 98, I think it was, somewhere around there, 98, I think it was, in March. Um, And we went out and we met all those ones down there. And then I remember, I think Diane came and watched us in 2001 when we were on gold out down Calgary a little bit down there. Um, Tom introduced us to a lot of people. I mean, he, he introduced us to Morgan, I mean, but... That's just Morgan, but um, <laughs> but how, how, how weird is it to think that? I mean,
1: so Tom, you moved to Calgary in 2002? No, no, 2000, Zero. 2000. Oh, 2000, right? Sorry, yeah, 2000. So, I mean, that, that's that's when we first met Deb and and uh, Morgan and Taylor and Kenny, and uh, like the relationship that we've had with them and and my my parents with them. I mean, the the jokes back and forth, uh, with Kenny and whatnot. And like, here's, here I am good friends with Morgan 20 years later. It's, uh, it's a really funny world. Um, I remember how, uh, yeah, I know that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I remember how heartbreaking it was for you to, uh, to move down to Calgary on us. Um, but, uh, it was, it was certainly nice to, uh, see you happy. He was
3: happy to get out of there. I uh, I had had enough of you guys. No, no. I, I, you know, I wish I would have. I, I, you know what? Uh, I uh, absolutely don't regret the move at all. I got to I got to be involved with some younger kids at the time uh, that were Debbie's uh, great lady, and uh, you know what? Uh, my on, my only regret was that you guys waited that long to play that well at the nationals.
2: Mm. Me, yeah. yeah.
1: And we had to do it like in Calgary too, right?
3: Yeah. Well, and you know what? I could have, I could have used a, I could, I could have, I could have maybe went out and and uh, and said that they, you guys had a different coach. No, no. You know what? Uh, well deserved, of course, by you guys. You guys were phenomenal. And and like I said, that picture that you guys sent me, or you brought me with you and Tim and Dex, of course, uh, out in front of the bowling center with your. With your Alberta stuff on, uh, it's still in the bedroom. It's still hanging high, and it, it will be there for for a lot of years to come.
1: It's just not hung up like above your bed, is it? Because that'd be really odd.
3: It's in the bath. It's in the bathroom. Are we still Are we still live? <laughs> oh yeah, very much so. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry about that, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I,
2: I i remember you i remember you moved down to clayburn right and you had uh just the old clayburn lanes i know um was it i uh, had the old um red was it the old red carpet on the walls did it not uh yep the old red carpet i remember that yes that was crazy it, it's a small it was, world uh, about that
3: re-
2: sorry go ahead it was a small world. Mom mom used to work back in the day at B&B Lanes um, in Edmonton, oh, uh, where, the, where the old wow. Hudson Bay was. And I was talking to, um, Dester, who was the older gentleman who used to work at um, Peter Bauer. Uh, Passed away.
1: Oh, man. Vic? No, yep. Vic. Vic's,
2: anyways, the older gentleman used to do all the lanes. It's going to bug me. George. 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 Anyways, so George was telling us. So anyways, it, all the lanes that um, it had a water damage and they took the lanes out. And one day when George was doing our lanes, he said, no, Wendy, they, we never uh, we never got rid of them. Half of them went upstairs to um, Bronx and then the other half went to Claiborne, right? So it's kind of a small world of how that, I always remember how that's how Claiborne came to be, right? But remember walking in there and you had the, the was snack bar in the entryway to the left, right? And I remember the big um, – it was asked when smoking was still in down there, right? So I remember that. Yeah, it was, it
3: was a little little lounge to the left there also at the same time, yeah.
2: Yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah, that's where Derek and well, everybody we always, played out there. Right?
3: Well, we always wanted to uh, – we tried to keep it retro. <laughs> retro? <laughs> on, on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, uh,
1: do we want to address Brett's, Brett's question here?
3: <laughs> sure, we'll we'll bring that to Brett. Wait, the question?
1: Um, I, I wasn't sure if he was asking like farting at first, but I I, I don't think so.
0: No, it is. It's definitely what, about uh... farting.
3: <laughs> Tom, you want to read that? I, I I don't know. I I, know. I, 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 I did. I did, and who would send that in here?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, knowing Brett is probably about farting, but the other side is, like, uh, is he asking, like, you know, ripping somebody, like, a new one in the pit? I don't know.
3: No. No, it's, it's no, definitely not <laughs> No, that's not what he's asking, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> um, well, we've all been around Gino for so long that we're kind of used to it. And G- oh, Gino is famous
3: for... Uh,
2: for,
3: uh, <laughs> opening a
0: pits. Well, the me. word
3: the word is boys, uh, breaking air. So yeah, all right, all right. yeah,
1: Fatuance. Um <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think I think uh, the rule of thumb, Brett, is you do it when you're moving over to the other side. So when you're moving from the lane one to lane two as a team, you drop it on lane one and then you walk on over to two. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I hope that I hope that helps him. Common courtesy says, please don't. There's uh, bathrooms for that.
3: Exactly. Oh, f- failed shot at being funny. That's there next, we go. That's next week's next next week's topic. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Exactly. Oh, we got we got some chi- people chiming in for it though. Lloyd says he oh, yeah. uh, was terrible for it. Everyone's getting thrown under the bus now, Gino.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, that's true. Well, Mr. better them than it, me, so that's good.
0: This is called now. You cold, smell cold, it, cold. and you don't have COVID, so you're good. <laughs>
2: oh, um, yeah. after, there, there, there was a question earlier. Actually, and this might actually be a good one for you, Tom. Um, a lot of us, we obviously we we kind of travel around a lot with all these events. Um, Sean was kind of asking here. um, Yeah. Talk about your partnership and good friend, Mark Jackson. Did you, obviously you guys roomed a lot maybe and uh, traveled a lot. Um, What kind of uh, relationship do you Um, have with Mark?
3: um, Not so much now. Uh, He's, he's moved out uh, to the East coast. Not a lot of people, you know, like Mark was very, very, uh, personal person he um, kept to himself quite a bit uh, We got to talk every once in a while on the phone but for most part like I said we, we, we competed together and we, we talked about each other's styles together and uh, um, you know as well as I do in the, in the big cash tournaments you, you kind of back somebody and you and you bet on them kind of deal but he is the only guy um, that, that you that he could go, and just absolutely explode on the lanes after a bad shot or a bad break is what he considered or whatever, and just absolutely, almost destroy the the bowling center, and then come back and have a cup of coffee like nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really a superpower, isn't it? I, I mean, you know what? I the, mean, you, you should be able to let There's that only one other. Quicker. <laughs> well, there's only one other guy in there that, uh, and and we learned after a while, and 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 he, if he's listening, and he'll he'll understand what's going on. Is is we used to bug the heck out of Gino, and when we bugged the heck out of Gino, it, it made him mad. He's again on the other flip side, he's the only guy that I ever known that if you made him mad, he bowled better, mm-hmm. and uh, so we learned to let him, you know, we we stayed away from trying to make him mad because. After a while, we learned it didn't work. But those two guys are complete opposites of how to let go and how to, you know, funnel uh, the good and the bad. Those two guys stand out quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, bowling's kind of a, uh, a really tough sport, you know, where there really isn't an outlet, and, and we've talked about that before. But, I mean, you know, you look back at at uh, the other sports that you, you've played. I mean, football, you just hit somebody harder, <laughs> you know, baseball, you go out, you try to hit a dinger. You know, there's things you could do to, or, or, you know, but golf, you could slam your club or something, but it's it's impossible to do something in, in bowling. And uh, it if you are one of those people that need to have that outlet, it's got to be really difficult where uh, you just don't have that. So I, I, to an extent, I understand blowing up, but uh, th- there's got to be a more productive way to, to do it.
3: Well, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, and do I condone punching the wall or punching a bench? No, I don't. And you know what, um, I can't cast the first stone because, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> I, my, my slate's not clean in that regards. But at the same time, um, you know, slapping your leg really, really hard, you, you need to vent as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, slapping your leg, you know, maybe not an explicitive or something like that, but slapping your leg, you need to get rid of that tension or it just builds and builds and builds and builds i mean but uh, again the the icon of of the world as far as i was concerned uh with bruce you know uh, a lot of people never seen him and he could release in a different way somewhere else but you never you never did that so that was one of his one of his powers that he had is no one ever seen him get mad so no
1: you would just, you would just see the aftermath you know, if you're on a team with them, you'd, you'd you'd be bowling with them or whatever, and then all of a sudden, you know, open or whatever, he'd get pulled. He'd go for a walk. He'd come back, you know, 15 minutes later, and, and his hand was bloody, and wouldn't say a word.
3: You know, and I I did I did see how he uh he said he one time it was too funny. He said he wanted to punch a brick wall on the outside, but he said he had about five or six inches away from the wall he thought well this isn't good and he tried to get away from him, And that's how he scraped the heck out of his uh, out of his knuckles so yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I I totally get it just you don't have to be destructive but I, I totally understand the the need to have a, a release you know um, and it's it's tough that's that's one of the hardest parts about bowling and the mental side of the game is that you have to find a way of doing that without destroying somebody's personal property
3: really mm-hmm well, and that's you know, like I said, and it's there's too many there's there's too many out there that, you know, and I and I remember the the, the biggest the, the, the by a proprietor. and We were out in uh, Manitoba, and um, I, I can't remember his name. He, he had the the one lane that we used to bowl at all the time. Um, uh, you guys might remember it here in a second, but he uh, he said in the uh, quarterfinals or after everybody had made the uh, the cut. He said, okay, I know how much everybody's getting. And if everybody decides that they want to uh, continue with the pounding and the destruction of property, your paycheck's going to be a lot less. And everybody just went, whoa. Oh, and Mike Davini. So. That's totally Mike fair. Di- from
0: Mike, St. James, Mike no.
3: Davini was his name. Yeah. From what from I, James, and you yeah. know what? He said it, and everybody and everybody just went, oh, well, we better stop doing that. So, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's, you need a you need a re, you need a release, as far as I'm concerned, and slap on the leg, or you know you know punching your hand, or you know going outside after your game is over and screaming at the moon, whatever. But uh, destruction no, not at all. No,
2: no. Um, I guess it might be a little segue. I know Tom's always giving me a talking to about this, but uh, Tom doesn't believe in drinking and bowling either, right? Drinking after bowling, Please. but not drinking during bowling.
3: I yeah agreed. I mean, I like I said, I you know what? It's I always I always like to see guys that I was bowling, and it took me twenty five years to win the Saskatoon tournament. But I always like to see the guys cracking a beer at ten o'clock that were coming to play me in an hour. Because mm-hmm. yep. those those were the guys I weren't too worried about.
1: Fair. We know a certain some people that are are better but it, it liquor liquor is a really strange thing it, it can negatively affect you it can positively affect you it depends on who you are um but there's a limit to everything too and if you're a person that's like super stressed out while bowling then a beer or two might might relax you a little but uh yeah uh you start seeing people get absolutely pickled and there's uh, uh it's gonna be a h- hard to lose to them it gives you a bit of a well, mental it, edge the, the,
3: the, the. The quick thing, like I said, it's uh, you know what it it's it's like I don't know what the words are, but you know you can you can do really really well after a couple of beers, but eh, in the long run, not so good.
0: We have a question here from uh, Mr. Tom Patterson. Um, hey, as a competitor, can you distinguish the different demands of a team
3: versus single play? uh that's a great one tom uh different demands Uh, i think the demand uh isn't as much on on a singles player again that's why i got into the sport you know i i good i get i get to brag myself up uh if i do bad it's it's on me and on the team uh, i think you put a lot more pressure on yourself to bowl because again you don't want to let the team down uh you know and and uh, I, you know, it's happened. You get, and unfortunately, it comes down to maybe an anchor bowler. Um, and it never should come down to an anchor bowler, as far as I'm concerned. That needs to perform. If the four guys ahead of them, or the four girls, or the four mixed team, whatever, have uh, have done their job, uh, that anchor is null and void.
1: It, it's funny. I see. I see them as like almost completely, completely different games for sure. Um, at least for myself anyways, you know, play, playing singles, I'm pretty reserved 99% of the time. Um, I'll never get really too high or too low. I, I won't be yelling or screaming or anything like that. Uh, I might give a fist bump here and there, but that's about it. Um, team is polar opposite. There's just so much more energy um, expenditure. Um, at all times they're just you know trying to keep everybody else positive um you're so invested in every shot um there, are way more intensity coming off the lanes they with a team there's so much more dynamic and I, I think that the uh i think that's that's a bigger demand you don't want you don't want to perform poorly but you want to go out and you want to play well but you also have to try to mentally keep the rest of the team going at the same time. And, uh, I, I, yeah, I feel like it's a, a completely different game between the two.
3: Well, I, I think that the, the, one, the one big kicker that I have is that, you know, I've bowled with players on teams that, you know, would, would love to average 290 and their team be third than to average 242 or 232 and their team win. And I've and yeah. I've been on I've been on those teams and, you know what I honestly can say that I don't think I I have averaged as high as I probably could have at the Nationals, but I felt my job was to keep everybody together as a player as a coach whatever but as especially as a player, I thought my my job was to to you know cheer on you know one person doesn't get a medal all. Yep, six yeah. get the medal so
1: that's how totally. I'm um, re- sorry. A, re- a really good example of that. He's commenting in the in the chat right now. Uh, Sean Smith. Um, I got to play with him once. Uh, uh, I think it was just the once.
3: Um, and that
1: was our 20. Yeah, 2013. We went to nationals in Newfoundland. Um, it, it was uh, it was a different dynamic of a team. Um, but uh, you know, we we went to nationals. Our team clicked really well. Uh, Again, really, really unique sort of team, but um, Sean Sean was one of the best teammates I've ever had. He was uh, super positive, super supportive. Um, He was fantastic to have around, and um, uh, I remember looking at the stats at the end of it, and Sean averaged 218 at Nationals, and I had absolutely no clue. We came in second, we played great the entire great. weekend, we were great as a team, and I, I had not a clue that he had struggled. And uh, it was, it, I, I, think, I think that's a real testament to what a team game should be, really.
3: Oh, exactly, 100%. Like I said, you not one gets a medal or one loses, the whole team gets a medal or, or the team loses.
0: Exactly. I um, do have another question here. It was from a little bit earlier. Uh, Brett Hendrickson was asking, so um, at a lot of these WCBT events, there's an eight-game block to qualify. Um, how do you, or what's a good way to avoid the black holes? Um, he's referring to players around you that aren't playing very well, and obviously uh, their demeanor isn't helping your play. How do you, uh, what trick do you use to um, get out of their funk?
3: Um Sounds cruel as hell. I just get away from them, and I go to talk to I go to talk to people that uh, that I know that <laughs> the the one big thing that you have to do, and and I and, and a lot of people don't realize, you know, and I and I know this is for all the guys that are the you know that are in that position. Please don't come and talk to me or somebody else that's just bowled a buck ninety seven and complain about your game, you know. Uh, and at the same time, uh, I'll go over to. Well, at the time when I was bowling really, really well, I would go to talk, and I I would look at his score to see how he's doing. If he was bowling well, they'll chit chat. But um, just moving away, getting away, uh, go in the back, and then when it's your turn, come up. And if somebody had a you know a, um, a comment, I would just say yes. And I you know you try to you try to get rid of them quickly because that negativity is not good for you.
2: Yeah, yeah, totally, there, totally agree. A lot of us already know that our games are shit. If we shot a buck ninety-seven, we don't want to talk about it anymore. Like, <laughs> I, I I don't understand why, like, like, yeah, like people want to come over and talk about it. Like, it's already over, right? Um, and honestly, if we're playing well already, your your mind's already there, right? You're already kind of I don't know when you're playing your eight games block you kind of in a rotation, you're kind of in that, in that routine already, you're in the, your lane movement, you're already in that kind of thing with your group. You you kind of already have your groove already. Um, you just need, don't need that one person to come over there and, and just be like, I don't know, kind of that person to try to break your know, little thing and you just go, okay, all right. You, well, you just kind of move over and do your own thing
3: well in you know in the in defense of a lot of these guys or girls or whoever they may be that are coming over to you know to give you a high five or to, to to chat to you um in their defense you know a fair amount of percentage of them don't understand and they're they're bowling in their first couple of big tournaments um like i said it's uh if you know just being able to get away and just say you know and i i've learned in a, you know years ago just to say you know what I'll be back in a little bit and leave because if you're there, they're going to talk to you. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's also um, getting into the right mindset because let's face it on the, on the tour. Now, most people know who everybody is. So if you see somebody walking up, you know, what's coming is get into the right mindset, maybe have your two minute (laughs) chat with them and then move on.
3: yeah yeah, know and we we all know who we all know who those people are. that's for sure.
0: <laughs>
2: it, 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 it's so tough now too Carrie, if you look at it. Uh, the last shift, if you're bowling the last shift, it's a packed house. There's nowhere to go. You can't you can't just yeah. go and and hide and and just be like, give me my space. If you're playing Regina and you're sitting at those tables, you're gonna be sitting with five other people, regardless. Um, yeah. so you might, you might as well get used to it. You're going to be with one Buffalo that you might not like, right? <laughs> right. No, you, you yeah. Get, get, get used to it. Right. You might also well have your beer, sorry, Tom, or your headphones in or whatever else it is.
3: Right. Um, no, I, I think, I think that the big thing, sorry to cut you off there, Timmy is, is yeah. I think the big thing, uh, and, and I, and like I said, I've learned over the past couple of years and, and it sounds as cruel as heck. Uh, you just say, "Hey, look, you know what? I, I'm I'm really into my game right now. Please, I don't I don't really want to talk to anybody." And yeah. and, and at first, I think that the the you know the, the guys that that have been bowling in this tour understand understand that the ones that are just getting into it will back off and go away. Uh, but you you have to tell them. You just have to flat out say, "Hey, look, you know what? I'm really concentrating. I got a little thing going here. Um, you know, I'll, I'll 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 talk to you at the end of the game." I. You have to be, you have to flat out, you have to flat out be, uh, um, frank with them, I guess. But, but I, yeah.
2: I also think, though, there there has to be given a take because, um, a lot of these new bowlers out there have to understand, like, we have to kind of, there, there has to be a point where they have to know if it's game seven, eight, or we're going frames eight, nine, ten, give us, a give us our time. But yep. we also have to be open up and be good with them because we want to encourage them yep. to come participate. And feel welcome as well so there has to be a give and a take to it as well um oh, yeah, I, I think
3: i i agree 100 right? tim I, it, it, yeah it, i agree 100
2: right but it's like you know the one bonus is and tom you've done it carrie's worked in the center dex and i has dex and i have we we run around sometimes and we're working and bowling and doing all other stuff distractions are a little bit we're easier going with that because we're used to it yeah. um i i, I just there there was like, for example, uh, the last Sunday, whenever that was a long time ago, I I won't say this individual, but I'm up on the lane and I'm ready, getting ready to bowl and he pulls me off the lane. And now we're supposed to have like our social distancing rules here. Right. And he pulls me off the lane and he's like, Tim, just to let you know, uh, the mince toilets clogged. And I, and I I looked at him and I was like, did you not go up and talk to my friend staff about this? And he's like, no, I'm just telling you right now. I said like, you walked over four lanes. He's like, but it's clogged. So I drop my ball and I go up to the front counter. And he's like, can you check the fucking bathroom? Like, right? And it's like, you know, like it's just so. If it comes, like, what I'm saying is, I guess we're we're used to it, but we have to yeah. somehow figure out middle middle ground with all this stuff, right? But
3: uh, yeah, it's, it there's no there's no there's uh, no set and dry yeah. uh, way to do it. It's just you know what. I, again uh hopefully the people that are coming to talk to you uh you know what and you you want to encourage people that are just becoming or getting into the cash uh, circuit you want to encourage them to to come back uh, but at the same time you know uh it's it's tough honestly there's no there's no manual for it that's for sure.
1: I think for me, like I, I'm such a talkative guy when I bowl, anyways. But I, I think I think the solution for me has always been like I'm always chatting with somebody, anyways. So I just I just find a a chatty, positive person and I just keep that yeah. on keep that on routine. You know, use them as a buffer away from the negative. Just go back in the same routine and just keep chatting with them and avoid the negativity. Oh,
3: I bowl. agree. I agree, hundred percent.
0: So, um, since Tom Patterson's been such That's a good friend of the podcast here and uh keeps asking questions what does crossing a line behaviorally look like and what is or where is the boundary so i'm not sure if tom is asking if you're on the lanes what what is acceptable or if it's in the pit what's acceptable
1: i i I think i think that's a very very tough question um I don't, I don't, uh, me personally, I don't, I don't know if I have a solid answer. I kind of feel like that line is kind of, uh, it shouldn't, but it kind of is always moving uh, depending on situations and and whatnot. I think, Um, I mean, for example, like I'm completely against, you know, um, completely against destruction of anything in a bowling center. But I mean, again, we, we, we've talked about this a few times and he's one of the nicest guys you will ever meet in your life. And that's Michael Wist and, you know, he, here's Michael West. It goes up and and he he hits a ball return on like one time, the only time I've ever seen it, and then a really crucial shot to lose, I believe. And um, it's, you know, I, I feel like that that boundary kind of moves a little based on the severity of the situations and and if it's affecting other people. And it, it's it's tough. Um, it's yeah, it's really tough.
3: I don't I don't think that. Like I said, I, I don't i I'm, I'm looking at it. i don't know that there's a line or a boundary per se I think it's uh situational more than anything
0: yeah i I totally agree um I think it depends on the type of event too um like i I agree with dexter destruction of property is definitely not um that's always crossing the boundary but when you're at a master's tournament and you're in game six or game seven, and there's a guy screaming at the line, swearing at the pins. That's probably not the place for it. Um, at a cash tournament, it's probably not such a big, big deal. There's a lot more noise. There's a lot more stuff going on. It's not noticeable. Um, so Depends.
2: Okay, I'm going to throw this back at you, though, right? What, what's the difference between a master's tournament and a cash tournament?
1: The uh, well-
0: level.
2: Yeah, I, I think
1: I think that's kind of what Carrie's getting at. Tim okay. is like, you know, if you if you're at the line and you you start dropping f bombs at the top of your lungs at, at a at a Masters tournament, honestly, you're gonna have thirty people there. They're all bowling and it's quiet. Whereas <laughs> you have a cash tournament going and you have eighty people bowling.
2: And then you have 40 Nobody people behind that. you. You can't, there, there's kind of, it's a situational awareness. You're not talking about prestige. You're just talking about just noise level and yeah. and crowd level. Okay. Oh that.
0: yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not okay. saying that at a masters, you shouldn't swear or stuff like that. That's their, their own thing, but
2: no, I'm, cause I'm, I'm saying, cause to right. me, it's exactly the same to me.
0: Yeah. That aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For, for noise level, you just, it is totally different, right? <laughs> totally different. Yeah
2: chris makes the
1: comment uh emotional reaction versus forcing the reaction yeah i mean i, I understand uh and I, that's why i think like situations where like Wistie punches that ball return to pure emotional reaction and it's something completely out of Wistie's norm um whereas you know you you see people hitting stuff all the time and there's like a good two three four second delay and the, or they go into the back and hammer something like at that point you've had enough time to consciously decide that this is not something that you should be doing you know you walk it backwards and then you you get roasted on a corner and you smack a ball return on the way by you know maybe maybe not thinking about it at that moment but uh, you walk in the back and you put your hand through a through a table like chris bradford
2: uh we can bring smithy well, on this fun one fun.
3: <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I, I think that it's, uh, it's it, you know, repetition of something like that needs to be right. addressed. Um, you know, someone does it in frame six, frame nine, next game frame. You know, that's, you know, do I condone it? No, I don't condone it at all. Uh, like I said before, release, uh, you know, a slap on your hand or something like this. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's any better at the Masters or at a cash tournament where you've got five grand on the line as opposed to, you know, a, a star for winning a masters, uh, that star, uh, to some people is worth that $5,000. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's, I, until, until somebody, uh, and I've, i said this before, until, until one of us four, uh, gets booted out of a tournament or somebody of higher, you know, whatever gets booted out of a tournament because of because of doing that, uh, I think you're always going to have it. And like I said, I don't condone it, but, um, you know, maybe a fine system, you know, or, or something that people know before they get into that tournament that, hey, you act up, bye-bye, you know. Hey, yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah. I think that's more of a, uh, a, a way to look at it instead of just kicking them out. What does that, like you say, it, maybe it'll deter some people from doing it, but you don't want to k- deter that person from ever playing a tournament again a fine that that sucks uh,
3: I, I, I agree to a fine um, but to some people the you know the fine you know or, or you know just say okay look uh, you you're, you 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 don't get to make the cut you know your you you you're you know the your your scores are non-valid you, hopefully you'll either have another chance or whatever but yeah you know, i don't know there's i don't think there's ever been um set rules in regards to this is what happens when you uh uh, when you do something wrong
2: so so tom i don't know if you know this but um there was actually um a fine try to be issued on tour once uh to one of your friends actually good friends uh mark miller
1: yeah he uh (laughs) so we we, we were doing the live stream and uh we were going down and we were we were going this is during the sunday finals and i was going down with a cell phone going lane to lane, showing the scores of each of the matches going on. And uh, as I'm going down there doing that, I'm getting along, getting along, getting along, get to lanes nine and 10 at Sherwood. And uh, Mark Miller just turns around to me and and flips me the bird right on, onto the live stream, <laughs> not having a clue what we were doing. And it was so funny. like, Mark <laughs> is one of the most kind-hearted, gentle people, and it was just so funny. But I was like, what are you doing? We're on live stream. And I kept moving, whatever. And then we go back into the into the uh, our situation room or whatever you want to our command center. And I, we I took the WCBT logo, we made official letterhead, and we created a fine and, and, and wrote it on it and walked down. Oh and just, really? I walked it. and he's in the middle of the match, and you know what? At this point, I didn't give a shit. <laughs> I hand him the fine and give it to him straight faced, and he looks at it goes. <laughs>
3: Is <laughs> well, the goofy thing is is you know with 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 my friend uh mark jackson uh, he would have ripped it up and gave it back to you so <laughs> yeah, yeah. True.
2: True. you, you um, used it as tp
3: yeah yeah so, well, something yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> um sean's asked this question a couple times here tom um tom was there a bowler you always uh, had a challenge in beating was there a player you enjoyed playing against the most uh
3: great question um guy that i had an absolute pig of a time beating uh was uh gino Zibarth he had my number from day one he still has it hopefully he's not watching this so he can see that but uh and um the, the the one that I enjoyed the most beating, of course, was uh, was Bruce Mortar. Um Had my number for years. I beat him. I didn't beat him that much, but you know what? I thought once I could beat what I call the best, that was that was my that was on my mantle.
1: Yeah, gives you confidence for every other match after that.
3: You know what? Maybe not so much confidence for it, but uh, a sense of worth. Uh, you know, as far yeah. as I, I looked up to him as as being the best, and Gino, right in there in the top five, who I competed against with Mark and you know other guys. But uh, you know, um, yeah, if you if you if you're trying to beat number two, three, and four, you know, you're not trying.
2: Yeah, totally. <clears throat> so. Sorry, Tom. Um, I, I do have a question for you as well. Uh, looking at your, uh, you sent us a brief resume and I, I don't know many people might know, not know this, but, uh, um, obviously you've never shot a perfect game in five pin. I'm, I'm, I'm part <laughs> of the you. 440. I'm part yeah, of the 440 yeah. club with you, but, uh, you actually moved over to 10 pin for a while and you've actually shot a perfect game in 10 pin. Right. Um, that is correct. So, Tell us your your kind of your transition over the ten pin for a bit when you're playing both, and I guess did you? Ha- I heard you didn't have a kind of a warm react uh, welcome in ten pin from the ten pinners for a while. Oh, I heard they were pretty upset about your te- your, your perfect game. <laughs>
3: well, if if you if you know anything about ten pin, uh, there's a shot in, in ten pin called a Brooklyn, which <laughs> goes on the other side. Like you're always trying to hit. You know, on the right hand side if you're right-handed you're always trying to hit the 1 three pocket which is the right side uh, I had three Brooklyn's in that perfect game and uh, but it marked it up as an X on the scoreboard and I heard a couple guys say uh, yeah five pinners so <laughs> a little jealousy coming out of those guys but but at the same time you know what I I I, I uh, if 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 I had to bowl, you know, I mean, I honestly understand that you put a somebody on a five-pin lane, you put somebody on a ten-pin lane. Um, they're going to want to bowl ten-pin, just because of the bang and the crash and the boom and of all the pins going around. You miss the head pin on five-pin, and there's really no sound at all. But yeah. uh, in ten-pin, there's a there's a huge, there's a huge sound. And uh, but again. As I, as you had said before, when I took you guys from Edmonton to Leduc to see, to show you that, uh, those, the Masters, and, and especially a great friend of mine, and we'll, we're such good buds, uh, uh, Diane Violini. Um, but I, the one thing that I all will get from YBC is when we went to Chinook uh, the very first year when I took you guys there. And uh, I remember saying to you guys, okay, this is not a power game. This is not a power game. You guys just hit the middle, and then that, that boy that was a junior that had um, facial hair and threw 100 miles an hour like Kerry or you guys and, and crashed and threw a strike. And you all, all of you guys turned and looked at me like, are you kidding? Did you just see what happened? And, uh, I mean, we ended up winning. But, you know, it was like, I, ooh, that was, quite the, that was quite the shot. But, no, yeah. um, it's been great that way
0: yeah we we've been uh kind of lucky enough with this whole podcast thing to, to talk to um professional 10 pinners nick payton mitch Hoopay, and have them on the podcast and stuff like that um and they they don't know too much about our sport but they understand that it is definitely um a more penalizing sport if you miss the middle good luck there's a chance of throwing more chances of throwing splits and stuff like that um but obviously their, their sport is a lot more exciting and they get, they get that too. Right.
3: Well, TV, TV has helped them out immensely. Uh, I wish we could get back to the TSN and the CBCs that were on there. Uh, The streaming that comes out of these cash tournaments is great. Uh, You guys run a great one. Uh, Regina is, is so good with what they run. Uh, Being able to watch guys in a, in a really, you know, a close match. uh, That's, that's just great. And it's, uh, you know, I've, said because I don't bowl that much there I get to watch these guys and it's I get to go back and reminisce a little bit by watching the players there but yeah 10 pin um, definitely like I said I mean if you you miss the middle you can still have pins come back and and knock pins on a you know a toppling area and they can still get strikes I'm proof of it <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: were you, when you threw the perfect game,
3: were
1: you were you elated? Were you like super excited? Were you were you kind of like? Did you see the irony of it right away? Like how did how did you feel when you threw that strike or went through? Yeah, yeah, threw that well, final
3: strike. Well, you know the the, the goofy thing is the la- the last ball was you know I made sure I didn't I really didn't want another Brooklyn because I knew there was talk going on, but uh, <laughs> I threw that last one and it was and it was thin. And and it swept it and it got the strike. I did a kind of a like a fist pump and went yeah. And I was the only one that did that. There was nobody else yeah. in the whole building that was standing around there that went oh a perfect game because I mean it's, it's it, it, I you know I it's it's such a sadly it's such an easy game. They don't give out very many perfect game. I have a I have a perfect ring. I wish I had brought it and I could kind of showed you what it looked like, um, but. At this, oh, and there's the dog. There's the dog. Um, but uh, the uh, I, I wish they don't. Here's here's the severity of that game. Why it's is not as good as it used to be is because they used to give out uh, 900 uh, badges, which is three perfect games in a night in succession. They don't give those out anymore. That's that's sad. That's really sad. That's like saying you show up for your your match play league, and you, you bowl four games, and there's four perfect games, and you go home. You throw 1,800. Uh, you know, and that's, excuse me? I mean, wow, really? So that's that's the sad part because they, they throw a block, um, uh, what's called an yeah, a oil pattern out there, and as long oh. as you can get it into the oil pattern, it sits. Yeah. And, you know, and that that's sad. And that's why if there's anything, you know, better about 5-pin is that, you know what? you better be darn good if you expect to beat people
1: see and you know what I, I think that's the one thing that um i one reason why i really wish our game could go more global is that i i think i think five pin is the the bowling game that has the right balance whereas you know um you know t- 10 pin is you know you throw tons of strikes you throw tons of perfect games it's super common um, it's not the accomplishment that it is in five pin but five pin, it is there. The element of perfection is there. It's something that people strive for your entire lives, unless you're Carrie, who has three. Um, but yeah. uh, it's something that you can continue trying forever to try to get to that level of perfection. But that level of perfection is there, and you. But you don't have that in candle pin. You don't have that in hard belly dock pin. You know all, all those the true tours down uh, down east. It, it just doesn't happen. You don't throw perfect games in either of those. Um, that's where I think. I think I think the the difficulty level of five pin is ab- about as balanced as it as any game there is, and uh, that I really wish that could go na- uh, global because you know you want something that you can continually push yourself forever to try to get to that level, and and maybe you'll ex- get there, maybe you won't, but uh, you know it, it's funny hearing your, your story about going to ten pin and throwing one right away, you know.
3: Yeah, it was it was about you know four years into it that I that I did it, but I mean I did it and it was so I'm uh, I was so happy about you know even though I was disappointed about the 448 that I had and uh, as opposed to the perfect game, you know it was it was very very tainted perfect game and it was ho hum to quite a few people because it wasn't something that was uncommon. And that's and that's a problem, I know. And I know that there's talk about the East uh, Coast uh, and, and some guys down in the States, you know, maybe taking a look at, at moving up into Canada and playing. And it'd be great to have it as a, as a World 5-pin national champion or a World 5-pin championship as yeah. opposed to uh, our I'm national smoking. championship.
0: Um, Sean kind of commented so, here, 10-pin is a way more technical game. I kind of look at it the way golf has gone, right? Technology is caught up in golf so much that, um, that like the equipment does a lot of the work for you, right? Mm-hmm. And ten pin has done the same thing. They've created oh. um, asymmetric cores and stuff like that, so the ball does a lot of the work. You just have to get it to a point, right? And um, I don't, I don't think,
3: carry that you need. I don't think that you need to be, carry as and I'm going to get trashed by this, but I don't think you need to be as good a bowler. Uh, um, what is the right word? Mechanically, or you know, um, as you do in five pin. Uh, just because of you know, the thing is, is that you know what we'll try. We're we're not we're not dummies. If 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 something happens where our game isn't going, we guess. Um, uh, I'll, I'll bring out a new ball, or I'll bring out a different surface. But for guys that throw the ball harder, it's not a big thing. They're going to move. They're just going to move. We're in ten pin, guys. I, I watch guys in league bring six bowling balls to a league to a league night, you know. And they got these guys that are bowling when they used to bowl on TV and everything, where they would bring, you know, guys are drilling balls in the in the in the drilling pit for these guys halfway through game two. So yep. I'm not so sure, and it's it's more. It's more apparatus in ten pin than it is in five pin. That's for sure.
0: Yeah,
1: and, yeah. Uh, it's a
0: different mental
1: game. Yeah, it's a ten. different mental game. It's knowing the equipment and making the adjustments with the equipment. Yes. And slight line adjustments, whereas five pin is a different mental game. It's just different. Just different adjustments, more physically. I mean, I think Carrie and I do a lot of ball changes, and and Tom, you were always big into that too. You were always able to make ball changes and, and and look at it that way as well but maybe that's the 10 pin aspect of you as well but um so much of five pin is just you know moving your feet and trying different lines you know changing some ball speeds or changing rotations or lift or the the physical you know uh, adjustments whereas 10 pin is yeah kind of adjust your line and switch a ball
3: know the equipment exactly there's 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 you know like i said you can you can throw the same ball uh well you can throw the same ball all the time like you're not going to crank it any more than you would in, in ten pin I don't get me wrong i've i've bowled with some of these guys that are that are that i bowled in league in ten pin and and darn they're good but i, I think they have an advantage with equipment
0: mm-hmm. yeah well uh, it, it's become a thing even um Sorry, people, if you're listening, that you don't really care about pin that much, but it is a, a bowling game, and this podcast kind of builds on that. But it's come to a point that the USBC, um, for their Masters tournament, they actually limit the amount of bowling balls a player can bring into the tournament because it did
3: become a problem, right? No, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, no, I think but that but the five pin game is but the five pin game is the better game anyways we all know that so Yay! Right.
0: now if we could just get people to throw money into it <laughs>
3: that's right yeah yeah that's you just we uh, just need a big sponsor yeah that's right easier now said easier said bad. than done of course <laughs> so uh,
0: Sean uh, asks what changes would you make to the five pin game today if you could make any. I know Sean's uh, uh, uh,
3: Mine. And I, I thought this might, this might come to me. Um, get into the schools. Get into the schools. You know what? Uh, it's easier said than done, of course. Um, and with the COVID and stuff like that, but you know what? I started when I was, when I was in mm-hmm. junior high 200 years ago, but uh you know, I, I started in that. Uh, I I think that um, uh, coaching needs to be upgraded a little bit. Uh, I I think that um, uh, you know what, and you know what, it has to be exciting. Somehow or another, it has to be exciting because the internet's taken over. It's yeah. it's very easy for it's easy it's it's very easy for. People, I don't have to say kids, adults, whatever. It's very easy for them to just say, ah, "I can't do it," and uh, and move on to a, a video game. You know.
0: Yeah, it's the instant gratification scenario, right?
3: Yeah, it's um, you know what? It, it, it's easy to just to just quit, you know, as opposed to you know, doing, you know, working hard. Um, I, I mean, Dexter and Tim are, are proprietors. Uh, I know that they did some stuff where they let the kids, and I don't know what it was, uh, come in and, and bowl free. What a novel idea. Um, it, it, but can everybody do that? Maybe not, but for a certain time when, you know, and, and just, you know, you have to make it enjoyable. It's just not, let's just bowl a couple of balls and uh, and, and see, because honestly, like I said, 10 pin is way, 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 way more exciting than 5 pin. So somehow we have to make it exciting for them.
0: I always found um, growing up and playing YBC, because it was such a long season, just having the the year end, um, this team won or whatever, having the small competitions each week, like beat your coach or family to some stuff like that. If there was something going on every week, um, that kept the kids engaged um, making it a season-long tournament essentially doesn't keep them engaged. Might keep some adults, but you even see that in the adult leagues. A lot of people are like, well, it's thirty weeks long. I don't really want to be there for thirty weeks. If you break it down, no, what I think, make it more accessible.
3: I think I think what like I said. I, I talked about uh, this to a few people, and you know what. Uh, you know you start in September usually what is what is it guys what is a, a year 30 weeks which makes it what uh, seven or six months seven months
2: seven and a half
3: yeah yeah so I think what you could do maybe you know at the end of January everything gets wiped and you start a new season uh, maybe I, I, I don't know I mean I know that you guys have have looked at it and stuff like that uh, I, I thought that the best, one of the best things that was out there by you guys was uh, when started that uh, travel league, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, kids that thought they were really, really good uh, went, wow, we're not as good as we thought we were. Or, you know what, I can beat a couple of these kids. So, you know, I'm, you know what, and, and the competition with kids is always, uh, always a good thing too.
2: Tom, we uh, we actually did do that this year, right? Uh, we start, we ended in end of November for league, and we're hoping to start up in February this year. So it's a new thing we're starting <laughs> this year. So yeah,
3: <laughs> but, I know primary thing prepared. we came up with yeah. up <laughs> No, it's I think it's a <laughs> I think it's a great idea.
2: Yeah, look at that.
3: A
1: few people are touching this on the chat, and uh, yeah, Jennifer Haas, um, uh, we did talk about this. But she's been doing, um, she's been doing a in-school um, bowling physical activity. Uh, oh, what's the word? Uh, course. I, I, what, what's the word? I'm trying to think of what the right course word subjects. is. For- Anyways, um, she did an absolutely awesome job. And you talk about wanting to show excitement and whatnot. Um, she showed uh, the video, uh, one of the videos of the WCBT finals matches to the kids and it was awesome it was absolutely awesome to see the kids cheering people on and just being super excited and enthused and uh that's that's huge what what she is doing is awesome and hopefully that can uh can take off but at least at least the the wcbt videos can show some of that excitement um you need to show the higher level of the game because i mean it's it's hard it's hard watching I mean watching junior hockey as opposed to NHL right there's a reason why there's just you know the the numbers of of people watching for a reason so um it's it was super cool to see her do that course in school and thank you unit that's the word I have no idea why I couldn't think of that um but uh yeah it was absolutely awesome to see and uh good for her
3: well I, I think that one of the big things that you guys can do out there is to uh or not you guys, but other people is, you know what, have a, you know, uh, I see it down in the States, have a high school championship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
3: something like that. And all of a sudden you got bragging, you got bragging rights, you know, our school beat your school. And, and, you know, I think you, you know, kids, kids love to compete no matter what it is. And I think that sending something out there like that, maybe, maybe helps.
2: We've tried um, just a matter of getting them in there. Um, I, I think we talked about and touched base on other podcasts about it. Um, out, out in Edmonton, it, it's just such red tape. Like, so we've we talked to our our uh, our schools out here, and uh, they say they're gung ho. But since they're part of the metro, metro has to. It's more than just metro. You have, they have to talk to the Edmonton School Board and talk to the St. Albert School Board, and if one says no, then all of a sudden it's out of there um yeah. and then and then one says no and then they're out um and then with tom mentioning about bowl Canada has a bowling in schools program um we have given those out to um our school packages uh their learn to bowl programs um out to them as well and uh we've had some success with it or they have used some of it in their programming um but uh it all depends on how much the uh, the teacher wants it to use it, right? I mean, you can use it in your math in your math lessons or or whatnot. I mean, obviously, we have some te- teachers here, Tom and and Jen. They can, you know, they've done it in their classroom. doesn't matter how much they want to change up their uh, curriculum, right? So,
3: up well, to I whim. think that's the. Uh, I, I I think that you hit that right on the head there, Tim. Is that you know, it's not always up to the kids. You no. have to have you have to have some really good leaders.
2: Yeah, just gotta find some somebody. It's not what you know; it's who you know, right? And it's just a matter of getting the right people in the right spot, right? So, yeah, it's getting yeah. it. We gotta find that person first.
3: Yep, and there entice them. Right. He's, yeah, he's right. <laughs> somehow, 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 somehow.
0: All right, Um, I imagine we can go on talking for hours, Um, but Tom, we're gonna let you go here, but I want you to answer just one last thing. Um, If there is anything left in this sport that you want to accomplish,
3: let us know what it is. You're you're talking about right now?
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, the future, you still got lots of career left in five pin bowling, as they said. It's uh, you can bowl it till you're a hundred. So,
3: um, if I had one, if I had one thing that I would like to do in bowling, um, I would like to. Uh, and who knows? And I, I doubt that it would. It's going to come, but uh, you know, I'd, I would love to have uh, bowled uh, with my wife on a team.
2: You guys are getting married?
3: Uh, she'll say no. <laughs> I'll say yes. But
2: You guys heard it first on podcast. Oh, God.
3: Check this. Oh, my God. I had to get into this
1: one. I, you know, damn COVID, we're... <laughs>
0: Did
3: you say yes? So, okay. Okay, she 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 really doesn't have anything good to say. Get off there, Mike. here. No, I just want
0: to say we were going to be in Masters, Newfoundland.
2: Me bowling, Tom coaching.
3: Yeah. yeah, And she made it too late. One one year too soon, and we would have been together. No, just joking. <laughs> thanks, thanks, honey. <laughs> no, that's like said honestly, that would have been great. But uh, yeah. you know what? I I you know what I can. A person can stand and brag about what they did before and and all that kind of stuff now I, I don't I, I've uh, of course yes the perfect game it would have been great but it didn't happen and so big deal I think I, I think I've gave back to the game uh, which I wanted to do and I promoted the game uh, met a lot of great people I, I have no regrets of what's happened in my life with bowling um, you know I, 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 I all the friends I've made, Including you guys and, and stuff like that. It's it's been awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: I guess uh, we don't have to end it here. Let's let's uh, do one last wrap up of stories here. Um, I'm sure Tim and Dexter have some stories they want to share of you. Um, oh, I will yeah. start. I will start it off, and it'll be a short story. Um, Tom, I think our first match against each other was at I do believe it was a TPC, it was. and I went to shake. I went to shake your hand at the start of the game and you shook my hand and then you said something to me and I didn't quite catch what you said, but I had something to do about no high fives. Is that true? Because you did not slap my hand for the rest of the match. And I don't know if that was just the thing or if it was in my own head.
3: Uh, uh, nope. it was, I, I just... At the time, I wanted to make, make sure that I didn't miss a high five that was supposed to be there or make it sound like, you know what? So that's why I just said, you don't know no high fives. I'm, I'm caught up in this game, and I don't, uh, uh, don't want to miss one. And I get talked enough about about me uh, as it is kind of controversy. So that's why I said that.
0: Oh, perfect. Well, that, that's good to know. Uh, that's what I assumed. So um, I'm glad that's what it was. Uh, it was obviously I had no hard feelings. I high fiving all the time is kind of uh, pointless in a three game match anyway. So I like
1: it. you. You do mishear people every once in a while, Carrie. That's for sure.
0: Oh, I'm horrible. My hearing <laughs> is horrendous.
1: Just uh, this isn't a story with Tom, but just, just so everybody knows, we were at Open in uh, was that Medicine Hat. <laughs> Okay. I think it was bad. And i i faced I faced Carey multiple times, and for whatever reason, I just seemed like just seemed to have his number that week. Where I would come back at the end and catch him. Um, but we had a lot of like really close matches coming down the line. And uh, I go up on. Fa- I think we were both fourth that game. And I go up and I throw a strike, and you throw a strike, and I go th- throw a strike, and you throw a strike, and then you were waiting for a bowling ball. And I turn and I said, "Tom Clock, let's go." And I, was just, I was just 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 messing with them. We're buddies, right? And I go up and I throw a strike. And turns out afterwards he said he he thought I said don't miss.
3: And I was like, no. no. no hey. How bad is that? He's got never no he's got it. bad ears. I was like,
1: <laughs> oh time clock, let's
0: go. Don't
1: miss? No. no, <laughs> no. Uh, but he oh. did.
0: But he did. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. I went to Nationals that year. I was happy with it. You did, you did.
2: Oh. Oh. <laughs> um Go ahead, Tim. No, you go. going
1: I, I don't I don't know if I have like a, a specific story with Tom um that I uh, that I'd like to share. I mean, we've shared a lot of them already today. Um it's it was definitely like interesting going from like, you know, having you coaching us as kids and then you know, getting to be around you and bowl with you a little bit at, at an adult uh, at an adult level. I mean, you come and staying at our place and drinking bottles of gold in the basement, and it was it was weird to see that 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 other <laughs> that other side of you. Um, but uh, as I as I posted when I shared this, uh, few people have had um, a bigger impact on my life and, and especially my bowling career as you did. Um, even if it was like cut short because you ended up moving down to Calgary. Um, uh, we've said it over and over on this podcast and in life that I don't think that uh, either of us would be where we are um, in the bowling game if it wasn't for you, um, even if that meant giving us shit um, as, as we were growing up for stuff. Um, you were the biggest mentor we had. Uh, you put us on the right track physically and mentally. Um, I remember having... You know, here we are, bantam boys, and uh, half of our practices weren't spent on the lanes. You would take us into the room and uh, just chat with us for half an hour, forty-five minutes before we even threw balls. Um, and and some of it was, uh, you know, like putting our heads in the right spot, and some of it was talking about the mental side of the game and where we're going to be when we go to these tournaments. And I remember having the shark conversation. You know, we're we're not going to go out there. We're not going to be loud. We're going to be sharks. We're going to be quiet. We're going to go in and we're going to pull a team out and then we're going to go back in. And we're going to pull another team out and we're going to go back in and pull another team out. And we're, and that's how we're going to win. We're not going to be loud, and obnoxious. We're going to go out there and just slowly take teams out along the way. And um, yeah, you were, uh, you were the greatest mentor we could have asked for. And uh, we're eternally grateful. And uh, the only thing I really wish is that we would have had an opportunity to play on a team together. Yeah. I was really hoping that that would happen. So um 17 surgeries later maybe you still have an opportunity
2: 17 years until senior senior bowl (laughs) (laughs) Ah, poa for tom um (laughs) never um I, i i i remember like uh tom tom was tough on me i can tell you that for sure in a loving way tom was tough uh i i didn't like my glasses at all um tom didn't let me practice without my glasses um so I didn't I didn't bowl a lot sometimes,
3: um,
2: <laughs> and when I did not wear my glasses, I fell in the gutter. Um, that, that is a true story. Uh, <laughs> that is a true it, story. It's slid called. straight into it. Slid right what, straight what, into like, it. Didn't know it. Was there? Yeah, um, I remember uh, we we had a coach before Tom, Jan, and it's kind of kind of gone for full circle because Jan was our. Like a like a grandma who's give us candy and everything, and, and now actually she's part of her, part of her. She's actually part of her golden age league now, and she's still the same lady. She hasn't changed at all. Um, but uh, from Jan, who's like that, and Tom, you can't eat with your bowling hand. You can't have, God forbid, we had bacon in the morning, or you can't do all the other shit. God, God, God I, remember,
1: I remember at nationals having
2: to yeah. ask him if I could have a slice of cheese on my burger. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I remember I remember it's like 11-year-old, right? And anyways, so um, God forbid all this stuff. But it was funny, though. Um, and you know what? I, I think I got my competitiveness from Tom because, you know, uh, it kind of rubbed off on us, right? Um, but I still remember, I think it was EBC. It came in, Edmonton Bowling Centre, and we had practice the same time at Shure Park. And he's like, guys, we're not – we're not mm-hmm. – um we're not going to go in and we're not going to practice normally today and tom's always serious about practice is like oh okay we're going to practice left-handed they're not going to see what we're going to be doing so we all walked out there and we're all bantams and we're just chucking balls left-handed and all the parents are like what is going on And we're just chucking balls left-handed and these all everybody's looking at us because all the other parents are from other senators are out there and we're just left-handed and it, we wasted a whole practice bowling left-handed and uh I remember it was like well it was a great practice. I didn't have to wear my glasses. I didn't have to didn't have to bowl. It was just left-handed. It was the day before provincials, and we ended up winning that day. I don't know. It was kind of cool that way, but um, but it it, it, it it was great. Um, again, like Tom is uh, obviously 20, 22 years we've known you, and uh, more longer, and uh, love you, man. Like it's been great. It's been a great long time. Glad we got you on podcasts, and uh, um, I just have. Uh, I have one question. Yeah. yeah, you always tried to
1: beat uh, beat it into our heads forever that we need to take five seconds on the lanes, and I remember you pulling us off the lanes, making sure that we would take five seconds on the lanes to set up. How disappointed are you and me for how fast I bowl now?
3: I just, uh, I just, I just kind of figured out that you couldn't count the five, so that was good enough anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but no yeah. guys it was uh it's been a it's it's been a pleasure uh you know what talking to you guys it's been uh it, it's uh it's it's good to be able to look back and and see some of the things that you guys have done uh totally uh impressed with what you guys have accomplished uh all three of you uh you know never ever look back and say you haven't done anything in this sport because you have thanks John.
1: thanks
0: John. Thank you, Tom. And, uh, thanks everybody for in the chat, um, sitting through and watching almost two hours of this podcast. Um, obviously Tom is a, is a great mind to, uh, tap into. And, uh, I hope he's uh, willing to maybe come back on podcast in uh, maybe another 80 episodes and we can see what he's accomplished since now.
3: You know what <laughs> guys in a, in a, you know, I was very, very scared because I'm, uh, not the technical guru, which everybody in this household can attest to it, but uh <laughs> you know what, in a in a heartbeat, gentlemen. In a heartbeat. Yeah.
2: Perfect.
0: Thanks, Tommy.
3: Always oh, well, so good chat with you, man.
0: Well, Tom, if you want to stay there on goes. for a little bit longer, we'll have a chat afterwards and we'll end this podcast. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.